welcome back to the Alchemy of Artistry with Nine Fingers, an accidental memoir in song. I apologize for the long space in between episodes and want to give a shout out to Mebo Mebo, who will let me know when they're waiting for a new episode and is the main reason I force myself to sit down and make the next one sometimes. Let's just get right into it. This song is called Home off of the album Pack Thy Secrets Deep. It is an acapella lullaby, and in the background you will also hear an old home video recording in which JC interviews my two daughters when they are aged five and one. Let's get right into the song. Please state your name. Jaden. And what is your name? Annie. How old are you, Jaden? I'm five. How old are you, Wendy? Annie. How old are you? <laughs> I'd like you to be home to me Every night I'd come home to you You'd wake up and I'd be there I'd make breakfast we could share in the bath time there's room for two i'll be soap and you shampoo i'd like you to be home to me Every night I'd come home to you You'd wake up and I'd be there I'd make breakfast we could share And then we'd drive real far from here to where winter time means snow is here we'd look at the star-filled sky we'd smile you and i We'd smile, you and I. This song has a long and varied personal history for me. It's one of those songs that adapted over time to fit my existence as the shape of my existence shifted around me. Ultimately, this is a song about feeling like a person is your home and enjoying life with that person. I first wrote this song for a girlfriend. Later, I would adapt it and sing it to my children when they were growing up. These days, it's most often sang to my partner. Home can be like that as you live your life. Shift over time. And if you stop thinking of time in a linear fashion, what home really does is continuously expand. And if you learn to let go of jealousy, there is something kind of lovely about that. But let's start at the beginning. I wrote the first version of the song for E back when I was in college, and you may remember her from past episodes like Says She's Sorry or Chicago. It was one of those songs that just appeared in my mouth when I was looking at her one day, in our early days before the cheating. I loved her very much, and she felt more like home to me than anything else I'd experienced to that point. We were still nearly brand new and, and desperately in love with the ferocity of discovering these kinds of passionate emotions for the first time. 
and we were excited and we were afraid, um, but I was certain that she was home to me. I didn't yet understand that there were many sides of her that I hadn't yet begun to understand. And we were both young enough that we saw changes in each other that we wanted to make. Each of us didn't fully accept the other and every aspect of their personhood. And this unwillingness to accept every part of each other more than any other thing would eventually be our undoing. If you're familiar with all the other songs I discussed in the beginning of this journey, you'll know that things went really wrong with us and we experienced a lot of pain. But pain and trauma often bring songwriting to the forefront because those things need to be processed rather than just experienced. And what gets lost if you only focus on the songs is all the happy and beautiful memories that you might have with someone, all the love that's shared that was good and pure and wonderful. And much of our time together was very well spent, but unfortunately those moments didn't make it into songs because I was busy being present in those moments. I was enjoying them instead of writing about them in my mind. Uh, but I remember those times and I appreciate and honor them my songwriting process is called uh, alchemy of artistry for a reason, because for me, songwriting isn't about showing what you can do musically or attempting to capture a memory. My art form is based in seeking out emotional poison in the body that's damaging to me and attempting to transform it into something that feeds and enriches me instead. Unfortunately for my catalog, that means a lot of beautiful stories are lived without being told, but those stories are no less part of me than the songs. They're just rarely shared. And it's occurring to me that a person hearing all of the stories behind my songs will think that my life was just exceptionally sad as I bounced from one disaster to another. Uh, but my life has also been filled up with beautiful moments and relationships. And sometimes a relationship like a person can contain multitudes. But this is a song that just appeared in my mouth as I held her one day. The humming happiness of feeling like I was home when I was with her. I now know that I vocalize my emotions when they run through me, when I'm not busy masking them, that is. And this is a melody that was a little emotional vocalization about the happiness of a feeling like I was at home. Later, I wrote words in which I attempted to express the joy and the calmness of finding home in a person. I do remember the first moment I showed her this song. It was on Colette Avenue in Riverside, we had driven off campus to a spot there so that she could smoke her menthol cigarettes. And as I held her, I told her that I'd written a song for her and I sang it and I was really excited. And that's the, I'd like you to be home to me. Every night I'd come home to you. Uh, and, and her reaction was not what I expected. Her expression seemed to be warring with itself. On one hand, she enjoyed the song, and on the other, it made her sad in the same moment. When I asked her to explain what it was that she was feeling, she told me, you'll sing that song for other girls one day. And that was, that was not the reaction I was expecting. It was a little bit of a gut punch because it was unexpected and felt unfair. The idea of being with anyone else was unthinkable at the time, and it felt cruel that her response would be a kind of lashing out at me rather than appreciating a song or appreciating a moment. But I will say this about that declaration she made over 20 years ago on that night. She was not wrong. Eventually, I'd sing that song to two girls every night as they were falling asleep, my children. I should note that there was a lyric change made once I resurrected the song for my kids. 
The original line was, in the shower, there's room for two, which is romantic in nature. And I changed it uh, to sing as the family lullaby to, in the bath time, there's room for two, which is familial in nature. After not singing the song for many years, it was resurrected when JC and I first moved in together with her two-year-old daughter. She initially had a hard time adjusting to having her own bedroom, and even though I would read her bedtime stories every night, she'd still have difficulty relaxing into sleepiness. And so I tried to think of lullabies I could sing her, but I didn't know any off the top of my head. And then this song, which had essentially been forgotten and dormant, floated back into my, into my brain, and a highly successful bedtime ritual was started. I would tell her to close her eyes, and then I would rub my hand on the top of her forehead and sing her this song gently and slowly, and then she would fall asleep. And we would do this every night, and every night, by the last line, she'd be out. Once my other daughter was born, she became a part of the ritual as well. And in their shared room, their beds were actually close enough together that I could reach one hand out on each side to rub their heads, to rub their foreheads at the same time while singing the song. And this was a ritual that was done every night for five years without fail up until the events of the last episode in Lagrimas con Crema when everything about our family was ripped apart and never properly stitched back together again. For my youngest daughter, this ritual would remain in her life for another seven years uh, after everything fell apart until one day she grew old enough that she no longer wanted bedtime stories and lullabies before bedtime, which unfortunately happens to us all. If you listen to the recording of the song that is on the record, you may sense some waves of sadness combined within the song, and I'll explain why that is and why on the recording you'll hear a home video in the background of JC interviewing our daughters. And it has to do with that night described in the previous episode in which JC tried to kill herself by overdosing on pills. After having her stomach pumped, she was placed inside of an observation room and was resting on a hospital gurney looking closer to death than to life. And I sat in that room with her and I held her hand while she was lying there with her eyes closed. Now, the song was something I normally ever sang to our kids. She wouldn't have liked it if I sang to her as sentimentality and care made her feel uncomfortable. And I don't think she would have liked it at all. But in that moment, she looked so small and so much in need of comfort and of love. And I placed her hand in mine and I leaned forward and sang the song to her very softly so as not to wake her up because I wanted her to, to feel loved. I wanted her to feel like she belonged and I wanted her to understand that there were things to look forward to. Now for me, songs have always been made of magic. They not only release sadness and fear but also create space for love and bring your hopes to the forefront. And they speak possibilities out loud so that you can better shape your future. Um, but that's just me and my own belief. When I finished the song, leaning over the hospital gurney that night and holding her hand, she opened her eyes and I thought for a moment 
she was going to say something about coming home. Instead, she said, you can't stop me. You caught me this time, but I'll just do it again. You won't be able to catch me every time. And then she closed her eyes again, leaving me frozen there, trapped in the amber of this moment. I'll sometimes talk about being trapped in time and the nature of the infinite eight, about my PTSD and the chrono prison that I spent so long trapped inside of. This was a moment that I was well and truly stuck inside of for a very long time. It stayed with me. It's with me still, although every day I grow a little stronger and less susceptible to becoming stuck. But time isn't always experienced linear in a linear fashion by me. And performing songs will sometimes fling me back into the past inside of various moments that are looped again and again, almost indefinitely. This song has the ability to take me back to that room and to its feeling of horror. However, it also has the ability to take me back to my children's bedroom and the feeling of contentment and satisfaction and beauty. When you open yourself up and and put yourself in a position to travel through time, you don't get to choose which moments to relive when you're in the middle of singing them. Writing and performing these kinds of songs in a real way is lovely, but it's also dangerous. I've seen audience occasionally struck by the ferocity of my facial expression during a moment in the middle of some performances, but they're observing me in linear time. So they only see me standing right there in front of them singing. They don't know how often I'm elsewhere, how often I'm in a different time altogether. They don't see that I'm gone and they have no idea how difficult it can be for me to fight my way back into the present. Performances of these kinds of songs are a catch-22. On one hand, the more powerful the memory, the more dangerous it is to slip back inside of and the more likely it is the elements of it will attach themselves to you to attack you in the present. On the other hand, it's by going through this process that you become strong enough to be able to fight your way out of them in the first place. Later in life, when I was often experiencing panic attacks, I realized I despised being triggered because it was so far outside of my control. I didn't know when it was going to happen to me. And so many of the songs I started to write were deliberate self-triggers a way for me to fling myself into the depths and force myself to learn how to get back to the surface. Because if I was going to be forced to spend so much of my life completely out of control, I at least wanted to be in charge of making myself go through it. I I, I don't recommend this method of working through trauma for everyone. It it was very dangerous for me and and for anyone around me, Uh, but it also was effective. I'm no longer susceptible to panic attacks. Uh, And working them all out of my body through these performances is a big reason why. And that allowed this song, many others, but but this one in particular due to all the various kind of memories attached to it, it allowed this song to be returned back to me because I've squeezed all the poison out. And now I can sing it to whoever feels like home to me and it feels warm and comfortable once more. And, and I can also give it to you, free of the weight that it accumulated with me so that you can sing it to those who make up your home as well. The song was always meant to make someone you love 
feel warm and fuzzy. So because of that, I'm actually not going to play the recorded version again here at the end of this explanation with all of its attached sadness, although you're certainly welcome to go back to the beginning of this episode and listen to that again if you're, if you're interested in that. But instead, I'll just sing for you now so that you can learn the words and the melody and go sing them to someone you love. And together we can reclaim the magic of this song. I'd like you to be home to me Every night I'd come home to you You'd wake up and I'd be there I'd make breakfast we could share In the bath time there's room for two I'll be soap and you shampoo I'd like you to be home to me Every night I'd come home to you You'd wake up and I'd be there I'd make breakfast we could share And then we'd drive real far from here To where winter time means snow is here We'd look at the star-filled sky We'd smile, you and I We'd smile, you and I Thank you.